So today's movie, Friends with Kids, a Jennifer Westfelt film, is a pretty significant step to the left from our usual fare. It's got a bunch of unlikable characters who are all trying to deal with having kids and having relationships at the same time while also being snobbish New Yorkers. And, you know, there's something really appealing when a new story tone hits this genre that we've been steeped in for the last, what, 86, 87 episodes. And the reason why we did this one was because it, it has kids in it. And Ryan has a kid, and I just had a kid. In fact, I have a kid strapped to my chest right now. That is right. My darling daughter is probably three minutes from waking up and screaming at me. And there's something so wonderful about the premise that this movie establishes. Can two people who are friends have a kid when not having a romantic relationship? And it gets more complicated, as all rom-coms do, when one of them falls for the other, but the other one doesn't like the other one. And I think it's charming. I do think that most of these couples kind of suck, but kind of don't suck because there's, like, something interesting going on. But as a new parent, I'm like, stop yelling at each other Um, because my wife is awesome. And uh, our baby, though she cries and poops and hates life sometimes, is awesome, too. And... Don't yell at each other, couples with kids. You're you're better than that. But anyway, I thought it was funny. This movie's got great actors and really touching, poignant scenes that work for some of us and work for some of us, <coughs> Ryan, a little bit less. Regardless, thanks for sticking in there with us when I was gone because I was so tired and I had a new baby whose life was hanging on by tender hooks for a second tender hooks do, do you hang on by tender hooks when things are dire i don't know but she's here and she's healthy and uh i'm so glad to be back and on with the show welcome to a gentleman's guide to rom-coms oh are you okay i'm so tired ryan oh you look you look you look radiant you're glowing you're glowing <laughs> like a like a dad who's gotten three hours of sleep like Jennifer Westfeld? Am I glowing like Jennifer Westfeld? You're glowing. You look good, honey. You look good. Did you get your I, apparently I look like morning? I'm from Long Island today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, you look good. Um, uh, can I, Ryan? I have a I have a bone to pick with you, but also a um, like a thank you to to give you. Pick away. Oh, hold on. I'm going to go turn off this heater behind me because though it keeps me toasty and warm, it's going to be crap for audio when it turns off. One second. Toasty. I'm back. Pick away, my friend. So I'm going to I'm going to rewind to like two months ago where Ryan and I are sitting down on his couch and he's like, look forward to the first month because <laughs> your baby is going to sleep like nobody's business. 18 hours a day, he said. He said, Kelly, you're going to going to get so much hanging out time just watching shows doing doing whatever you need to you'll be tired sure just but guys being dudes guys being dudes on the couch you and your daughter just guys being dudes <laughs> <laughs> and i have to tell you what man uh she's pretty far from that 18 hour mark right now <laughs> and mm. it's um it's a tasty hour the the time between 1 a.m and 6 a.m that's become one hour to me 
because yeah. it's the same hour over and over where she, I, my darling Elowen. Oh, by the way, everybody, I had a baby, <laughs> which is why Sarah was on last week and she was so good. I think she should just mm-hmm. replace me permanently. No, no. This I is mean, great. I mean, I like having in my life this oscillation. It's either Kelly or Sarah that I'm hanging out with. And, <laughs> you know, there are certain things that Sarah will do to me that I don't want you doing to me. Uh, a separation of sex and state, as you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have my baby. Elowen is her name. And she's great. Oh, also, she's... Robin and I changed our last name. And I guess this is as good as time as any to mention it. Uh, our last name is now Song because we mm-hmm. wanted to be artsy and fun and we wanted to create our own family name and so we're now the songs oh can i have the honors can i have the honors by all means ladies and gentlemen the songs yay okay so basically elowen's routine now that she is two weeks two days old is um she will you know you you do everything right right you you breastfeed mm-hmm. you um you know change swaddle. change diaper swaddle um rocker back and forth do the shushing mm-hmm. you do all the stuff and then she's like yeah cool i'm tired dad and i'm like great i'm gonna set you down like the delicate button of an atomic bomb right into your moses basket or your bassinet and she's like, this is great. I'll see you in 10 minutes. And I'm like, what? And she's like, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And so I go and like lie down for 10 minutes. And then she's like fussy for mm-hmm. like a minute and a half. And then she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, goodness sakes. So I get up and I rock her again. And we find a place of equilibrium after about 10, 15 minutes. I put her down, repeat the process. My baby probably slept in the last 24 hours, maybe 12 hours. Mm. And mm-hmm. those those extra six hours are precious, my friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we're trying to work our way through that. But like I said, I had one bone to pick and one thank you because oh, okay. I did put her on the stove today and I turned on. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the Moses Ryan, basket. Ryan told, in the, yeah, in the Moses basket, Ryan told me to turn it on to high and just get her nice and warm. <laughs> No, you you said to use the um, the oven fan. Mm-hmm. You and Sarah both, and um, I I was giving. So I was up with her from. Robin had her for the most part um, until about three this morning, and I had her from three till now. Um, mm-hmm. And she slept like two hours, maybe two and a half hours straight on on the stove with the fan on Mm -hmm. and so i think i'm going to be going back to that well sometime soon so thank you for that i think your kid needs the noise needs the white noise bad we've been trying it man we we've tried white noise pink noise there's this band called lulatone who they have something called soft white noise and it's like deep tones plus white noise and it's like she's just she doesn't care she (laughs) like when sarah turned on some that helped her. Maybe I'll get that from, from her, but like your wife's got a very nice touch with our daughter. She, she's basically sleeps whenever Sarah's over um, either that, or she's just messing with us. But yeah, we have, <laughs> I think she's pranking you. She's like, Oh guys, watch me sleep. It feels like it. <laughs> watch me sleep. 
But yeah, your wife's been great because she has come over twice in the past couple of weeks and just basically watched Elowen for an hour while we went upstairs and did, I kid you not, nothing else than put our heads together in bed and fall asleep for 45 minutes and then wake up and be like, this is nice for another 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, I think I should go over there for like half the night. And I was like, what about us? <laughs> Ryan, no, come join us. Join us in sleeplessness. You should take care of Theo at night. And that way you and me will have something to talk about again. Yeah. He's my son's been getting a little better. We he's almost two now and the difference here and you'll you'll get you'll get here at some point. Cause you might you might luck out and you might have a kid that sleeps overnight like in a few months and it won't be an issue anymore. Right. Like I have parents, friends who just are like what do you mean? They sleep through the night. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now for Theo, he's like, he'll like get up and like won't go back to sleep unless someone comes in there. And if it's Sarah, it takes 45 minutes because he's like, great, let's have some dinner. Let's have a snack. <laughs> let's have let's a conversation. <laughs> you can have a cup of coffee. <laughs> this is what happens when I come into his bedroom. He sees me and he's already fussing. And then he sees me and he's like, no. <laughs> he gets even more upset because I don't have any breasts. Sure. And he's I, like, it sucks not having breasts. <laughs> but I rock him for three minutes and he's out like a light. And so. What's your rocking technique? Do you have anything special you can tell me and the audience? Do not sway back and forth. Walk circles around the room. Yes. At least for Theo, yes. he doesn't like the back and forth motion. He doesn't like the like seesaw thing. Neither does the baby. Um, uh, who, who we've, we've just actually been calling her. We don't have a nickname for her yet, but we've been calling her squeaker box because <laughs> she always like, whenever she comes off of the boob, she's always mm-hmm. like, ah. <laughs> uh, but Theo- yeah, she, she likes walking and up and down the stairs. She loves the stairs. So my legs oh. look fantastic right now. Oh yeah. It's all about the bounce, about that bounce. Can I see your dad muscles real quick? Oh, I'm wearing a sweater, but oh, I can see him through it. That's how big they are. And we're doing remote this week because I didn't want Kelly to um, commute because he's got a baby. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important, at least just especially after last night for me to be here for when Robin comes in and is like, she peed on me. I need to (laughs) I need to change. Can you watch her? (laughs) How's your um, how's your T-shirt collection? Are they like. Are you good? Are you ready for fluids to be? Yeah. Uh, so crowning you? Here's, I don't really understand your t-shirt game. Why don't you explain to the audience your philosophy on baby t-shirt game? Well, I, I have a ample collection of white t-shirts because it's, I don't, I can't remember if it's much of an issue with newborns, but when they're eating a lot and burping a lot, then they're spitting up a lot and it's just going to get all over you. And it doesn't look as bad when you're wearing a white t-shirt. Because it's mainly white that's coming. Yeah, up. yeah. because it's boob juice. Now, for, or for formula me, boob juice. For totally me, good with formula. She's she's been she's spit up like, um, you know, she's missed the burp towel, or I haven't had a burp towel when she spit up on me a couple of times. Yeah, but it's just like, all right, well, I'll toss that in the laundry then. Yeah. Well, like how much? So when so you I bottle really... feed her, how much is she drinking when you bottle feed? <sighs> Well, uh, that's an interesting thing. Robin's been really wanting to make it all breastfeeding uh-huh. 24-7 all the time. But we've been like at night, I'll give her a bottle when I'm like, Robin, you can sleep. No. Yeah. 
Will she stop. down an entire bottle on her own, or will she drink a little and be like, I'm out. Peace so out, she, guys. I'm going to sleep. No, God, I wish. No, she <laughs> right now what she does is she'll feast on Robin until Robin cannot give her anything more. And like those sessions are somewhere around like an hour yeah. or so. And then she'll be like, another 90 milliliters? Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. And then she'll, afterwards, she'll act like she's not hungry for five minutes, and then she'll start rooting again. Yeah. Yeah. So so, I, so I, she's I, at this place where she just won't stop eating. Yeah. And so Theo is the same way where he needed to like catch up and wait. So he was he was super hungry and he, he got super fat after a while, which is great because he needed to get fat. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe she won't be that spitty uppy of a baby. We've heard stories where babies will like spit up so much where parents are like, are they are they throwing up? And doctors are like. It's not throw up unless it's this much. It's like, good God. <laughs> they, <laughs> like some babies can spit up a ton. Yours might not spit up a lot. So you might get lucky. So that's, doesn't it that's, feel like a betrayal though, where it's like, we've just given you life. And she's like, I only wanted part of that, I guess. <laughs> 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 um, she's never had a stomach before. That's the crazy thing about babies. It's yeah, like everything's it? new. She does do a really good job pooping though. Um, like on, on all the paperwork and online, they're like, you know what? If your baby's doing like three bowel movements a day, that's pretty healthy. And my baby averages maybe seven, maybe yeah. eight a day. And I'm just like, that's just like, <laughs> what? what? But and then our well, pediatrician, good. our pediatrician's like, oh, she might even do one, one a week sometimes. And you just got to be cool with that. And I'm just like, so tell me how to get on that. Train. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, anyway, I'm, I'm we, really think, proud of thank you. Thank you. Uh I'm I'm just happy to be joining the club. That's all. Yeah. Oh, also I love my daughter. I don't know if I made that clear. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I was at work the other day and I was like, "Can you send me pictures of Theo, please?" Aww. And then the next the next day I was hanging out with Theo and I'm like, "Can you can you can you give me a break, Theo? Can you just like go hang out in your crib so I can have some alone time?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah sarah was over here yesterday and she's like ryan ryan's not having a great day with theo i'm gonna have to go take care of him soon <laughs> and i really appreciate it my lady no, well, she doesn't listen to this <laughs> <laughs> kelly i'm so proud but we should probably talk about this movie that has nothing to do with us it's called friends with kids ah but it does <laughs> should i tell you a story yeah go ahead Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Friends with Kids is by Jennifer Westfelt, written, directed, and starring... And I think what happened is she saw When Harry Met Sally and she said, you know what's missing? Kids. And <laughs> oh, yeah? that's the movie. Oh, uh, talk more about that. I didn't think about Harry Met Sally once. So we meet Adam Scott, who plays uh, Harry Burns. I mean, he sure. plays the the male lead in this movie. And he's a misanthropic. Misanthropic? Is that the right word? misanthropic eh, maybe he's not so think, misanthropic i don't think so i think he's he's just a man about town he's a man about town kind of superficial kind of really superficial but he's best friends platonically with jennifer westfelt who's the the lady in the movie who's not may grind in this movie i'll have what she's having and they have friends with kids well the movie starts off with um 
they're they're hanging out with friends at a restaurant and they make comments about like how this is a really nice restaurant why are these weirdos over here bringing their kids there and then um their friends played by um my rudolph my rudolph Rudolph. chris chris cornell chris chris o'dowd not chris cornell um and (laughs) that would have been interesting that's one that would be weird (laughs) chris o'donnell um (laughs) And then they they're one couple, and then the other couple is John Hamm, who was in a long term relationship with Jennifer Westfeld, actually. Oh. Um, 18 years, man. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And uh Kristen Wig are the other couple. Mm-hmm. And Which so you gives me these... bridesmaids flashbacks. Just because it's Kristen Wig? Oh, and no. John Hamm. Yeah, because he was like the cat Again, in that movie. Still haven't seen it. Oh. Man. We have some things to show you. Shame. Shame. Basically, like they're Kristen Wiig and John Hamm, they're like kind of the sexy new couple and they've been dating for a while, but they just have sex everywhere. Have you ever had sex when when your friends are waiting for you? Have you ever gone to that public place and had sex there before hanging out with your friends? <laughs> that would be weird. I don't want them to be part of my postcoital time. I don't want anyone else joining me. But but we see this in like, OK, there's that episode of The Office where Phyllis and <laughs> Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration um, go out with Jim and Pam and they like go to the bathroom for half an hour and just have sex in the bathroom. And I'm like, is my love life soured? Do do I not have enough bathroom sex at restaurants? I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to out you. But have you can you just generically say, have you ever done it in a public setting? At any time, not not before you're meeting friends, but have you been in a public setting? What what does that mean? A public I mean, setting, not like your I, house and not someone else's house. Yes, a place where there is no bed to be found. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you can kind of relate. Yeah. Not. But okay. It's not the fact that they're having sex out. It's the <laughs> fact that they're inconveniencing other people with their sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. That would. That's 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 rather annoying. I think that's that's right out. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you're not planning on doing that to us. So thank you. Well, I, I just wanted to more make sure you weren't planning on doing it to us. Oh, no, 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 no. Although that would be wonderful revenge of you, not even revenge, but like, hey, can you watch Theo for a little bit? Yeah, I think we got I got something in my eye. We, we'll be right back. Dude, I was thinking that for like when when Sarah came over to our place to watch our, our baby, I was like, she's right below us. What if Robin and I had the energy a but also had the like audacity to have sex right above Sarah while she was watching our kid? She would be a little weirded out, but also as like a marriage therapist, she's like, you know what? It's just something that needs to happen. And so any way I can help. So <laughs> she, she, we just hear, you go, guys. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. <laughs> anyway, so that's that couple. And Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd are like been together for a long time. Uh, f- f- cool couple, but argue sometimes. Yeah. And so they're complaining. So Adam Scott and Jennifer Westfelt. Jason and Jewel uh, are kind of like, uh, kids suck. But then Maya Rudolph was like, oh, well, we're having a baby. And they're like, oh, congratulations. Right. Let me get my foot out of my mouth. And for, for basically the next um, quarter of the movie, it's just um, Jason and Jules, uh, our two main characters, kind of existing in New York as single people while their friends are 
overstressed parents. Yeah, and simultaneously, Jason and Joel are best friends, platonic best friends who love each other but aren't attracted to each other, apparently. Right, and then um, the uh, basically, uh, uh, John Hamm and, and Kristen Wiig also have a kid, mm-hmm. and it all kind of culminates at this birthday party for Jason where, like, they see all of their friends having, like, these horrible like not horrible days but just like they're all stressed out and tired because they have new kids and did you relate to these people ryan no no (laughs) no because i think i i relate to aspects of them but have you ever come over and have we been this toxic when we're having because you've seen sarah no but you're also not from new york i know (laughs) so there's a thing to this movie where these are grumpy New Yorkers that yeah. are, are just kind of little, they're a little lifeless. Does that make sense when I say that they're a little lifeless, that they just kind of live, have these exist- existences and they're just a little miserable New Yorkers? And I'm just like, I don't want to hang out with any of you. Like, I want to hang out with you sometimes, but you're so miserable and you're such grumpy cats about Well, I, I think they they are kind of... Not jaded isn't the right word, but I think we get this movie has a trick of showing, especially Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd's characters as like, you know, that best couple to hang out with at the at the um, at the initial restaurant. And Mm -hmm. then the next time we see them, they have two kids and are really stressed out with each other. And we kind of see them as that throughout the middle of the movie. And then towards the end, we kind of understand that there's more to them than what we've been shown initially through Jason and Jules's meetings with them. It just pitches really hard towards this direction of they're married with kids and their kids seems to be driving them insane and to have this very toxic. It really reminded me of Judd Apatow Mm -hmm. um, where like you have all of these people who aren't necessarily super nice to each other because they're so blatantly honest and angry with each other, which doesn't seem like real life necessarily. Yeah. But, but I also, with the characters that we were introduced to at the beginning of the movie, I kind of bought it. Yeah, I bought it. I just didn't really like them. (laughs) And I think you need some of that, sympathy towards a character like i liked jason and jewel enough to go along with the movie Mm. and maya rudolph and chris o'dowd won me over in the end because it did do a good job of showing humanize them yeah because it's like it's not just a bad night but like when we see them having a bad night it's like a night from hell with each other and it's just horrific so i don't know if it was trying to be farcical about showing these people or not I think it I think it was especially with those two where it got a little bit more real in one respect was with John Hamm and Kristen Wiig where they have one kid but Kristen Wiig kind of plays this suffering quiet wife who's developing an alcohol problem where she doesn't have a lot of dialogue in this movie no um and she you can just tell that she is very resentful of the fact that John Hamm doesn't really want to participate in having a kid. And it kind of seems like she's not very happy with it either. And she's just not getting enough help. And John Hamm doesn't really want to help. 
Yeah, um, and I, I can't help as a dad watching this be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, I think you're supposed to. I think that's exactly what Jennifer Westfeld is trying to make you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which makes me feel like. So, I, I think the movie could have actually pitched towards more of more of that drama, mm-hmm. and it, it it has those scenes, but I think it could have gone further with drama like that. I I think you could have earned more of that drama if we got to know them as like a little got to know them as couples a little bit more where we saw them at their best a little bit more before we saw them at their worst. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause at the outset, the movie seems to be kind of a, an ensemble piece and it's not, you have your leads with this chorus. We haven't even talked about really. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good setup to see to what is like going on with them is that they see these people like this and they're like, Oh, well kids are great. It's just, they seem to ruin relationships and we want kids, but we don't want to ruin relationships. So they get into the scheme that's kind of convoluted where it's like, let's as best friends have a kid together that we'll love, but we'll still get to have the romantic lives that we want with other people. We'll just get the kid part out of the way so it doesn't ruin the relationships that we want to get into. Right, right. They're kind of looking at procreation as a, this is a biological function that I really want and I don't necessarily want to have to have that with someone who's a good partner with me because it could sour that relationship. Yeah. And so we, the movie kind of hints that they're like these progressive type people who want to like buck traditional trends. And like the movie makes like weird points that kind of come out of nowhere that jason adam scott's character is this atheist guy he's like reading richard dawkins books and he like makes these asides about like organized religion is not my thing and she's religious or something like that so it seems like they're saying we're trying to go against the norm of the judeo-christian nuclear family but it also wasn't like saying it very loud so i'm like are you trying to make a statement or is it just this sitcom plot of like what if we get into this harebrained screen scheme yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really care either way on that. It it kind of was just kind of background noise where I was like, okay, I get that that's part of his character, but they yeah. didn't seem to be saying it very loud, so right. it I, kind of breezed by me. I don't know if she was trying to make the, like the whole point of this movie of of them having this this schema of having an alternative way of having a family. Uh, is it is it social satire? Is it social commentary or is it just kind of a plot? If it was satire, I think it would be or even commentary. I think it's more commentary than satire, because if it were satire, then they would have the only successful like relationship with themselves and their kid at the end Mm -hmm. where. But instead, it's more so they're like, actually, all I'm saying is that a family can be many things. Right. And that's what I liked about it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because because Chris O'Dowd and Milo Rudolph have like one kind of successful relationship. And then you have John Hamm and um, Kristen Wiig like representing the poisonous ending to a relationship that like made a kid and maybe shouldn't have. Right. That's I mean, that's mean to the kid. But you you know what I'm kind yeah, of getting at. It got farther than they could have handled. Right. And then I I think what this movie's main thesis is, um, like if, if you are going to like be, I mean, if you are going to be vulnerable and like 
<laughs> look for love rather than just something satisfying in the short term. Oftentimes that comes like at the expense of freedom, but it comes with the richness of love, which is kind of Adam Scott's turn at the end. But let's let's try to get there. Yeah. So that they they come up with that scheme and they go for it and they seemingly have a drunken night where they're trying to watch porn to get really hot with each other. And it's, <laughs> it's really not working. <laughs> and it's really awkward. And I, I really like that scene because I thought that was the most like frank thing of like two friends trying to doink each other. Uh-huh. Which uh when at least for me and Sarah, it's not like that. But there is something about sex which is awkward. Even if you're having sex with like the love of your life and someone you've been committed to sex can be awkward and funny. And I thought this was like the most genuine scene actually in the whole movie. Sure. Yeah. I actually really liked when they finally got in bed together and they were trying, he's like, I'm going to have to go down there eventually. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, then they, they find this weird moment of connection where um, they actually do end up having sex. And I, I think that John Hamm made a point at one point in time where he's like, you're just going to have you think you're just going to have sex once and then have a kid. And apparently, like, I would have liked to see them trying for like a couple of months. Yeah. And like actually building like some sort of sexual slash relational chemistry because they apparently only have sex once and get pregnant Uh, right at least that's what we're shown right and but i think that's that's not how it generally works (laughs) but i think that's it's one of those like this movie does make sly interesting comments on human relationships and that's one of the most more brilliant things that it does then it doesn't make too a lot of point of it of friendship informing how the sex goes and it Uh can really make a gigantic difference because it's awkward until like you said they have this connection and then it's not right. awkward and then it right. and then it works they have sexual chemistry because of that friendship and i really appreciated that point yeah 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 and they have their kid and um due to the i, I don't want to call it superficial nature but due to the lack of pressure on their relationship as being the sole and only partners for each other and like kind of not I, I think part and parcel to that, they don't necessarily feel trapped with each other because they both live in separate apartments in the same apartment building. Yeah. And I and, just liked it was like 3 a.m. He has to go down to the building. and I just laughed out loud just seeing sleepy Adam Scott have to go down and take his shift is like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I, I loved that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he. He's really good with um, Jennifer Westfeld as well. He, um, they're good he, co-parents. They yeah, they have a relationship that is sans love and intimacy. Like there's this moment where she's like, "I've tried everything. I've like, I, she got to the point where I was at the other night where it's just like our baby is crying and there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do to fix it." He's not wide enough to be a hater right now. His brain's like this big. Don't say that. It's true. It's true. Dom is a stump right now. He can't discern the nuances of who to hate right now. That comes later. You're okay. Why did you do that? 
Bridget simply loves me and hates you. <gasps> oh, you were so <laughs> And it like cracks her up and stuff. And he just kind of is like, you know, this is this can be sucky, but also I'm going to make you laugh, which is what you want in a good partner. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good partner and a good co-parent. They're just not romantically connected, but they have everything else. So right. they find their romance in other things. And Adam Scott just kind of sleeps around Harry Burns style. Like he seems to have the same mm-hmm. philosophy as Harry Burns. Yeah. From when Harry met Sally and Jennifer Westfeld just makes a go for it. Jewel makes a go for it. And, uh, you know, eventually it comes to a point where they have a good scheme going for themselves. And Jules meets um, the hot guy from the holiday. From that. the ho- from the holiday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Cameron Diaz's ex-husband. What's his um, name? But- Why is it in the credits? Where are you? What's your name? I know you. Um, but she doesn't meet him until after she falls for Jason. Uh, Adam Scott. Yeah, because what happens is she starts falling for him. Um, and you kind of see it through lingering glances where right. she's just like so kind of in love with the fact that he's a good dad. And then she slowly falls in love and becomes attracted to him. And then it's Edward Burns, by the way. Edward Burns. Yeah. Who sounds like an older. Isn't there an older actor named Edward Burns? Uh, I don't know. But we, that's George Burns. We, yeah, we need to point out that Edward Burns will be his films will be in our future because he's made many indie rom coms in this style. Uh, he's, yeah. he's a pretty he has such a distinct director. voice, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually from Long Island, but how are you? Uh, Adam Scott meets uh, Megan Fox, which um, is the most perfect casting. It's great casting. It's so, it's perfect so, so casting. good because she plays like a young, as he says, very curvy dancer. Um, who's like actually on Broadway. So it's, it's like, she's, a she's got some stuff going for her in, in life and in the world. And she's not interested in kids. And so he's like, this is my perfect lady. Yeah. And it's really cute. Cause Adam Scott gets to be awkward for once in this movie and doesn't know how to like, you know, talk to her at first. Cause she's super hot and he, he's out of the game for a while. Which um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like so sick of people talking about game. It's like, who cares about game? <laughs> Like, I just want to see you connect, and the awkwardness is what is endearing. I don't want to see you on your game. I want to see you be awkward. That's real. No, I I said in the game. The game being the dating world. I know that he says the line, like, "Uh, my game's not really good right Uh, now. I'm like, no, dude, you're you're killing it right now because you couldn't be more yourself. That's what I love seeing. That's very true. That's a good point. Um, And so they end up dating, and they have lots of crazy monkey sex. And um, But the whole time, he's still being a dad, and he's still being a great friend to Jennifer Westfeld. And then um, she realizes that she's not going to be able to be with him. And after admitting this to Maya Rudolph, she ends up um, dating Edward Burns, who's kind of a perfect dude. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no... There's not a lot of like spice to these relationships. It's like they're pretty safe and vanilla, um, except for the sex life. Yeah, which is, I don't know about you. The older I get, this is such a cliche of like aging, but I'm like, cool, good. Sex is great. I know. But what else you got? (laughs) Like, (laughs) and that's what this movie is driving towards is like uh, Adam Scott's relationship with Megan Fox is only satisfying to a point, to a fault. It'll never get, oh, it'll never get pushed over the edge into the one territory. He thinks that, but he doesn't really understand what he's missing until he realizes it. It's weird because we all know that she's not the one because it's Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody else knows that too. But the only person that ends up saying it to him is uh, John Hamm. Yeah. 
we will get to. Um, so basically, everybody's kosher at this point in time. Like every everybody's together with somebody. They all have kids, and then they all decide to go on the ski trip to the mountains, which is probably another reason why you felt like sitcom out of this oh, movie. Yeah. This felt was like... because that's such a that's such a trope in sitcoms. Yeah, where where we bottle them up so that we can get the tensions rising. Yeah. Uh-huh. And long story short, basically, there's this dinner party and um, John, like Chris O'Dowd makes a cheers to the couple being Jules and and not Jules and Jim, but <laughs> Jules and Jason. Um, he, he loves French cinema <laughs> and and he's just like, hey, we didn't think that this would work between you guys, but it is working and that's really great. And then John Hamm is super drunk and is super unhappy because um, him and Kristen Wiig are just not getting along. And he kind of calls out Adam Scott for his bullshit. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Chase, you're fucked. (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? What? I really like this scene because I feel like all these people have very interior lives kind of in akin to a Richard Curtis movie. Like they're, they're, they're not as likable or as approachable as in a Richard Curtis film, but all of these people have their own shit going on. And I, I like how much John Hamm is able to tear Adam Scott apart for like thinking that he's in love with Megan Fox and not seeing trouble on the horizon in his relationship with Jules. But at the same time, Adam Scott being able to defend himself and both of them being right. Right. That, yeah, that's a good point. But he, he tears him, John Hamm tears him apart in such a way that he does it not as a friend. He does it almost as a adversary. Cause you uh, and it, I would never talk to each other like that. No, but I think there are, there are times where you and I probably knew exactly what was going on with somebody else like like with with each other we probably have seen truth in the other person and we really just wanted to call them out for it yeah like it's a pretty mean thing to do especially at a dinner party especially about like your is severely personal life yeah but it's it's something that we could do to each other because we know each other so well yeah it's one of those fussy things where it's like only movie characters talk to each other like that and so it's um, it's harder to by, have you but have you true. never have you never been to a dinner party where something like this happened? No. This feels like a very movie party. I've I've been to a dinner party once where it turned into a fight. Uh-huh. Um and it was just like a bunch of neighbors hanging out but a bunch of neighbors who knew each other and you know a couple of them had dated before and a couple of them were dating and there was some really real stuff said and a couple of people left the dinner. And so this was, <laughs> oh, man. This, I, I've only been to one, but I was like, this does happen in real life. I mean, maybe I would, maybe I was the one who left the table. So I never even saw the, these kind of fights. Cause I would be the first one to be like, you know, I don't think I should be around this and just, <laughs> and just say, bye. So I mean, basic- the thing is I've been around early twenties people when they're, bickering like this but they're in their early 20s and they're just being dumb and immature but these people are like in their late 30s and they're yeah which is why it felt to me a little bit more real because they're not they're not bickering per se they're john ham is jealous uh there's like a lot of subtext in this scene where john ham is jealous of what adam scott has but at the same time he knows it's not real so i i read into john ham that he's also mad that he's jealous of something that 
is fake. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fascinating and kind of like wrap, to wrap your head around. It's not the most brilliant scene in the world, but it, it got me. Yeah. Um, so what happens next? So John Hamm blows up and, you know, it's not like the friend group implodes, but we don't see a lot of John Hamm. And John Hamm leaves Kristen Wiig and we see the fallout from that. And Kristen right. Wiig starts, um, you know, dating it's, a new guy. It's very big leaves carry in Sex and the City. Sure. It gets to this point where, well, Adam Scott, like, defends Jules and, you know, says how much he loves her and that's why this is working is because he loves her so much and they don't have to be in relationship because he honors her and trusts her and respects her and loves her. And that really gets to her. And Mm -hmm. she realizes that she's totally in love with him, not just platonically in love with him, but totally in love with him. But John Hamm also in the same breath calls Adam Scott out and is like, you're not going to be with Megan Fox. Come on, get real. Like, Mm. like the only reason I was with Kristen Wiig was because we had a great sex life. And once that goes away, what is she going to give you? And Adam Scott basically instead doubles down on her and almost defensively invites her to live with him. Right. To like prove everybody wrong and like to try and turn a new leaf. But he's... Because he's like a serial dater, so he's never had long-term relationships ever. And so yeah. he he picks Megan Fox as the one to do it with. And on the surface and level, you're boy, like, boy, do of they course. do it. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Now that Jennifer Westfelt is like, ah, I have West feelings for you. Um, <laughs> she expresses her love. She invites him out for her birthday and tells him that he she loves him. And that she wants to have like an actual relationship with him. And he tries to, he's a good friend the way he takes care of her in that conversation. But he also can't, since he is not attracted to her, he can't be what she needs. And that's basically it. Mm -hmm. So he has to turn her down and. And the movie ends. (laughs) Yeah. So they separate. And she moves out to Brooklyn, and they're fucking snobs about Brooklyn. They're like, Brooklyn? That's not Manhattan. Be rich with us in Manhattan. Why would you go to Brooklyn? <laughs> and these, But I do like, I really love when Adam Scott shows up, and he's like, wow, this place is, you, you actually get square footage out in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. They make this like, in the very beginning of the movie, they make things like, they say things like, this is a $100 plate restaurant. I'm like, oh, good for you. Look at the money you guys make. <laughs> they're very, these characters are very privileged. Well, yeah, but I, as opposed to something like a Nancy Myers film that ignores it, I feel like Jennifer Westfeld completely acknowledges it. I I don't. I mean, do they? She's like do these the people snobbishness. Yeah. I don't know if the movie totally acknowledges that they're snobs. I think it's when, still. When, I mean, peop- it's not nearly as bad as a Nancy Myers movie. I'll give you that. When people say, "I cannot believe you're bringing a, like your kids to a restaurant like this." I, I'm pretty sure that the screenwriter is calling them out. No, I know. But my point is, <laughs> I don't like snobby people. And so it's like... You are a snob. N- no, like this? Am I? No, not like this. That's no. my point. Like, I'm a snob. I'm a, like, I have my movie taste and I can be snobbish about that and stuff and different things like that. But these people come off a little toxic to me in that way. Which which ones? All of them, when we, they, they say things like, this is a $100 plate restaurant, or it's out in Brooklyn. I don't want to go to Brooklyn. and just Yeah, but I mean, we've we've seen that in almost every single movie about New York. Maybe Harry Met Sally is the only one that they don't talk about the difference between Manhattan and Brooklyn because Brooklyn wasn't cool yet. Mm-hmm. But like in a 
in a movie like um like Julie Julie and Julia yeah. they're they're like ah oh, man I really wish we were living in Brooklyn um and they they aren't being snobs about it but I guess that's my ha- point don't be a snob about it yeah well I mean these people these people are kind of snobs <laughs> Except, except until they have kids. When they have kids, they're no longer snobs, and that's the whole transformation. Uh, the friends with kids that this this movie this movie's title means two things. It means that like when you have friends with kids, and also we are friends with, with kids. Kid. Yeah. Um, but the as soon as the the people become parents, they are like the snobbishness goes out the window. Especially with Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd, they're just like. Uh, no, we don't have time to be the people that we were anymore or the energy. Yeah. They're too busy being parents. Yeah. And so like that kind of transformation isn't necessarily true to real life at all times, but I can definitely see it being true for these characters. Oh, the characters, when they do become parents, it definitely is very true to life. The way that their life is carried out. Definitely. That's very accurate. So I'll give them that. Well, how how do we wrap up this movie? So, they they the relationship between Adam Scott and Jennifer Wells felt they it's kind of like a divorce way where they they aren't platonic best friends anymore and they just see each other when they're transferring kid back and forth. Right, it's more like they're divorced. Yeah, and it gets to a point where Adam Scott has his own realization where he is in love with her and does the big rom-com thing and i knew i knew right from the beginning they have this this trope where they ask each other like how would they would you rather die a slow and painful oh. death or stuff like that and i'm yeah, like it's the game this, they play with each other and i was like this is going to be the climactic thing where it's going to be the big turn and they're going to use this device as the way to connect like do the big finale mm-hmm. i saw that coming a billion miles away did you uh yeah but i didn't it didn't sour it for me. I really liked it because of it. Yeah, it just felt predictable. So. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I liked the game that they played. Mm-hmm. I I think it was a it was a fun game. Basically, their game is is a would you rather, but it's generally like something very sardonic and dark. Where it's like, would you rather like have an aneurysm a- or die of cancer? Yeah, it's it's all like it's all very cynical and so he comes over and he's like uh i'd rather i'd rather because the question was like would you rather die before your partner would you rather die a slow painful death or watch your partner die a slow painful death yeah and the first one he had a selfish answer in this when we first meet them and then later he's like no i want to be with you right because he's he basically hasn't ever loved anyone enough to wish for their happiness over his own and then he he realizes by being out at one of those really fancy restaurants where he sees like a family together and he's like, man, I really want that. And I think I want that with the person that I said I didn't want that with. Yeah. Um, Cause we see Megan Fox be totally bored by the family next to them. And it's like, like, Oh my God, families and kids sucks. And I'm just like, everywhere. you're boring. <laughs> like I don't, I would, I'm totally with, like I'm totally with Adam Scott. When he makes yeah. this decision, he's like, uh, "Me too." Why would I want to be with her? <laughs> like, like he sees the writing on the wall, which he could he could ignore until faced directly with it. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, "No, I never want this," and he's like, "Well, the person I can have that with is over here." Yeah, and so so he goes over, makes his big love confession, and she doesn't yeah. really buy. She's not sure if she should trust it because she confessed her love and got 
um, rejected. Yeah. And so she's like, I don't know if I should trust it. And so they, they get into this weird final dialogue, which totally didn't work for me where he's like, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. Please, please just let me fuck the shit out of you right now. And if you're not convinced afterwards that I am into you in every possible way a person can be into another person, then I promise I will never try to kiss you or fuck you or impregnate you ever again as long as I live. I swear to God. Okay? Please. Please. What do you say? I say... Uh, okay that's not romantic but okay and she's like okay and that'll prove it and then the movie ends it it felt like a really gross ending to me okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna describe it in a very different way than ryan did just in case you haven't seen the movie (laughs) um basically he comes back over and their whole deal the reason why they're not together is he just wasn't necessarily attracted to her um, physically. And he he just didn't see her like that because he saw her as a friend. I think we've all had friends who we very intentionally put in a box of, I'm not going to find you attractive because you are my friend. Mm -hmm. And he makes the conscious choice to be like, actually, I am attracted to the life that I could have with her. And by proxy of that, ends up moving her into the other box. Mm -hmm. And what broke her heart before is he was like, basically, I love you. It's just that I don't find you attractive. And at the end of the movie, when she's like, I just don't know how I can believe you. And he's like, well, what if I really showed you how attractive you were to me? Because that's the only thing standing in the way of them being in a relationship by as he says, fucking the shit out of you. And he repeats this seemingly not very romantic phrase over and over to her. And I don't know. It really worked for me. Uh, it's nails on a chalkboard to me. I thought it was. What, is it just the, the language used? It Well, the meaning is it's kind of like, so you're saying you're going to have one hot night of sex. And now now that's going to like solve the problem. I think. Like if this no, is your no, if no, this no, is your no, issue, no, no. it's going to be kind of your relationship issue where it's always going to be insecurity between the both of you. I don't think that was it at all. I think it was the okay, Ryan. You're you're somebody who like you're in Sarah's relationship. Um, at certain points in time, Sarah said that she wasn't interested in dating you, right? Mm-hmm. And then she ended up changing her mind, mm-hmm. right? And you guys. It has that been a consistent issue uh, thoroughly throughout your relationship? Whether or not she's into me? Yeah. No. I still trust that she's into me. I think she is too. I've seen it in her eyes. <laughs> Him having sex with her is not like a at the moment thing that's a band-aid where he's like, I'm going to do this once and prove to you that I'm in love with you. It's that he loves her. And in addition, he's like, oh, and... Not only that, I'm really, really attracted to you and I'm going to prove it right now so that you know it. But there's not a bone in my body that thinks that he's not going to continue doing that with her. Right. It just wasn't. 
I like my rom-coms to have a romantic ending and it felt it didn't feel romantic it felt just kind of lustful and not loving if that makes sense uh, yeah it makes sense because of the language but I think that was her whole point was saying like not not only are these people unconventional in the way they fell in love but they literally got to the thing that most people get to first last yeah and it so to me it was romantic because it was like completing a circle of love rather than um then at the end like people who had hooked up earlier in the movie finding out i do love you yeah. how do i prove it because of these words yeah i just liked so, it when when harry met sally did it cuz that's the same that's the same thing it's the same story in when harry met sally that they were friends first they fell in love so platonically let, and then the sex was the last thing that happened and then no, the they sex, got together. The sex got in the way. It, got it wasn't in the, the way. last thing. It was the middle thing. Well, it got in the way, but it also was the thing that still convinced them that they should be lovers together, not just best friends. It was still, it, it was a complicate. The point of when Harry met Sally is that it complicates the friendship, but it showed them that they should be in a relationship too. And this uh, movie's seeming to say similar things that they're just getting I, to that part last because they. I like this idea of having kids before they're in love with each other. I think that's an mm-hmm. interesting idea, but it just feels very akin. Okay. I think when Harry met Sally kind of goes full circle, the other direction where they have sex with each other, they think it complicates things. And then what they realize is regardless of the sex, they actually do love each other. Right. And I, so I, it's I, almost like they throw sex out of the way. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying is that I prefer the when Harry met Sally kind of approach of saying, Sex is great, but it doesn't need to be like the deal maker to to say this is this is real. No, 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 no. I don't think that's what this movie's saying at all. I don't think it's saying like, aha, sex is what makes our relationship. I'm saying that it is the last ingredient because if they if they didn't like having sex with each other, they would have basically the same platonic relationship that they had at the beginning of the movie. Sure. So I think we're just finding. It worked for you. It really didn't work for me. And not it, to say that the re- movie... Like, it really didn't work for you? Or if it was just not your cup of tea? The the ending, like, totally fell flat. The movie itself was fine. I can't recommend it, but it, it's, it's... You can't recommend it? No. The whole movie? No. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I, in brief to say why, it's just overall the movie didn't win me over. Because at the end of the day, I didn't really like these characters. That's fair. Um, a lot of them got close to it that Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd eventually won me over, but it took the whole movie to get there with what little scenes we had from them. And John Hamm just never really redeemed himself as he like apologizes for being a dick, but I didn't see him redeem himself as a dad, which the movie kind of makes this very like significant point that he can't bring it as a dad. And I'm just, you and I are, we're new dads, but we're still kind of like, come on, dude, like you have a job to do. You have a responsibility. No, I'm not. I'm not like that. I, I can sure be mad at, <laughs> to me, he is a character. I don't need to like all of these characters and think all of their choices are golden in order to enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a character that is not a good dad. And I, that doesn't make me dislike the film. No, no. I'm just saying, all the characters stacked together, none of them really win me over. And that's just another one where it's like, okay, John Hamm doesn't really win me over. Kristen Wiig, we don't even get to know. Um, I like Jules and I like her most of all, but Adam Scott just kind of comes off. 
like his dialogue gets really crass and he's just really superficial where he's only into women with big boobs. And I was like, what else do you got going for you, man? Like he just, there's not a lot to him. It just seems that that's all there is. This is superficial guy. That's very fair. Um, I, it didn't bother like usually this is the stuff that bothers me, not you about the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's funny that we're on uh, opposite sides for this one. I don't think this is a great rom-com by any means, but I thought it was a fresh take and I thought all the acting was actually really great. Um, and so I had a good time. Yeah. I, I, would, I, I agree. I would, the acting is, I would is recommend wonderful. this movie. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's our split decision. It's been a long time since we had a split vote. It's been a while. So we're going to take a break and then come back for trope talk. And we're back with trope talk. It's like rock talk, but with less geology. <laughs> I I don't know if I laughed because I was really tired or whether that was good. But you so still we'll laughed. We'll have to check back on the tape. You still <laughs> laughed. Uh, so what's our trip this week? It's the hot significant other. It's the right. It's the hot Bellamy. Ooh, hot Bellamy. Right. It's a type and- of Bellamy. We have a we have a lady Bellamy. Yeah, two, we have a, a guy Bellamy and a lady Bellamy mm-hmm. in this movie, mm-hmm. where it's I think it's epitomized most in this movie when everybody meets both Megan Fox and Edward Burns when they come up to the ski lodge, and Edward Burns is like the perfect dad. He's like, I'm I'm just here to help and hang out with my lady, and I'll help take care of the kids and cook, and no big deal. Plus, I'm a hunk. Well. I know that you're going to be like this when we go on big trips. And if it's like with if we had one other couple with kids, you would be the first volunteer to be the guy to hang out with the kids. I just see that in our future. Oh, oh, for sure. I love hanging out with kids. Yeah, you're going to be great like that. But uh, as as utility for this movie, he he's kind of like since he doesn't have any baggage in this place, he can be the perfect guy. Mhm. Where he hasn't been hanging out with his kids all day. He hasn't been trying to take care of things. He doesn't like have an old significant other that he's with. He's He has the perfect ability to be the hot, perfect boyfriend. Yeah, and he has no history with these other people either. Right. And then on the other side of things, Megan Fox is also very hot um, and is like, yeah, I'll go skiing and I'll be a cool hang and I won't get too cheesed at the fact that you're drooling over me, Chris O'Dowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and like their, their utility is kind of that Bellamy utility where it's like, oh, these people are perfect, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) but why, why do, why do we have these, these people? Like, is it just because they're not Megan Fox? I wouldn't say is vanilla. I might call her a little basic. Yeah. And maybe I would call Chris O'Dowd basic or vanilla as well because he does like crosswords and stuff. But I do crosswords, so maybe I'm basic <laughs> and vanilla. Um, they're just antagonists. They're yeah. They're like antagonists without being antagonistic because they're perfect foils. Because Megan Fox is the is the inversion of Jules, where the the only thing going on between Adam Scott and Megan Fox is how attracted he is to her. And that's the one thing missing. And what does she him see in him? That's a good question. Does she just like how lovably awkward he is around her? Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird where she. We know she doesn't like poop. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like the the 
the poop game, any anything like that. I think he's he's a he's a he's a professional in the bedroom. Not to say he makes money, but it seems like he's really good at sex. Uh, apparently, that's what we're told. <laughs> he's. I mean, it feels like the same thing with with Harry, right? Yeah, it's like how could Billy Crystal be so successful with this line of women? And it's a big. He's got a big D, <laughs> and he knows how to use it. He has a prodigious talent. We'll just say yes. that he's got a big Chris O'Dowd <laughs> down there, and with Ed Burns. He's everything that I'm only it's he's Adam Scott and more because we see Adam Scott being a good father. But like this guy is even intimidatingly better as the father. Yeah. Okay, I know what it is. These these people are perfect, except that they have absolutely no imagination. Yeah. Which the Bellamy is usually that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where like the hot significant other is perfect to date. But like at one point in time, and this this is such a trope in in this genre, Jennifer Westfelt is like angry at um, Adam Scott for like having so much sex and her having to take the kid during the ski trip. And she like cuddles up to uh, Edward Burns and is like, so if you had to choose to die this way or this way, what would you do? And he's like, that's dumb. Why would I choose that? And I'm I'm very much like Jennifer Westfeld because I always like come up with hypotheticals and I'm like, ah, ah, ah mm-hmm. you know, answer me this. If you were in the Middle Ages, what would your sword be? Right. <laughs> um, and or like, what's your favorite Muppet? And the fact that he's just so plain. Yeah, he, he just can't even like play. Yeah. There's like a lack of play about him. That's so boring. Mm-hmm. It's safe, but it's boring. Yeah. And that's kind of that's. That's kind of all the hot significant other is there for. It's for other people who have imperfect relationships to see your relationship from the outside and say, ah, I wish I have what you guys have because it's simple and good and lovely and hot. When really, when you jump inside the relationship, it just lacks substance. Yeah, it's weird because there's so many Bellamy's that are done just like this, where Bill Pullman or Greg Kinnear, well, Greg Kinnear is kind of, he almost gets away with not being a Bellamy and you've got mail because he is, there is some imagination to Greg Kinnear and there's a little bit of verve to him more than Bill Pullman in Sleepless in Seattle. Mm, mm-hmm. But, but he's not, I, I, I think even though these people are Bellamy's, I think they're different because they're hot. Yeah. They're, they're hot Bellamy's and Megan Ooh, Fox. The, can we make a drop for hot, hot Bellamy? Bellamy. Bellamy. <laughs> and it's like for a, a character like Adam Scott, it's really hard to pull him away from Megan Fox, who at that time was the most celebrated hot woman on the planet. She was sure. Even even Autobots thought she was hot. Yeah, exactly. She was Autobot hot. Yeah. And so she's a perfect foil for him to turn away from her and go after his his best friend that he has a kid with because he's been so clearly defined as a superficial guy that he's going to be with the hottest person, not the person that he has the most mutual love and respect for. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. And Ed Burns is just a safe choice in the Bill Pullman era of, of Bellamy's. He's just hotter than Bill Pullman by far. Yeah. And not only that, but he's already had a kid. And so it's not like he's looking for that. Yeah. And he, and he's safe. But the thing about, all Bellamy's that is always hard for me to get into is the movies like, Oh, they're so safe. 
and they're so they're so clearly missing that thing and our main character doesn't see that they're missing that thing until they end and they make the realize realization and they go after the thing that they want but i don't know for me as a as a person who's only had one relationship it's harder for me to relate to these situations where they're dating someone but it's lacking the the thing to to really make it the one oh see i i know this I know this trope in spades in my own life. Mm. I have dated a lot of people who I convinced myself that, oh, I will find that bit of them that I seem to be missing. It'll, it's somewhere there. I just have to look for it. Yeah. Um, it, it's not It's not quite the as insidious as, ooh, I'll change them and make sure that they have this thing. It's the, oh, no, I have... I, I've seen all these other great things that I like. I'm sure that this exists. I just haven't really seen it yet. So you were <laughs> and, like waiting in these relationships for that quality to emerge at some point. Either, yeah, either either that or I was so lonely that I deluded myself to the fact that, it. oh, I mean, that just doesn't matter right now. Mm-hmm. Like at this point in time in my life, why do I need perfect? Mm-hmm. I think that's why I was so lonely for so long because I was such a perfectionist. <laughs> or was like, mm. no, that I need to know right up front that they've got that quality, and I mm-hmm. and that's what got in the way of me dating anyone. I mean that that did also get in the way of me dating people at certain times. But then I think I must have been far lonelier than you <laughs> because, or far more insecure because I was like, no, no, this person likes me, and I'm going to see if there's something more there. And you know what? There's actually a lot of relationships between people where, like, on one side, one person didn't see everything that they eventually saw in a person. Like, I mean, I don't I don't know if this exists for you and Sarah at all, but was there anything that she didn't see in you at first that she ended up being like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that was there. And it would have been a shame for me to have missed out on this relationship. I think I think I was ready to marry Sarah, like, pretty early on. <laughs> But it took her a second to like really be fully trusting that I should be the one to marry. And I think right. that's the thing. And that's, and so I'm saying, like, you know, it's. But you've been in relationships where you knew it wasn't going to go that direction ever. I, um, not relationships, no. I, I think I held out hope in almost every single relationship I've been in that it could go all the way. It's just. Yeah. At certain points in time, you know, life is messy and there's certain reasons that you stay in relationships that aren't good ones. Would you, if you could talk to your younger self, would you tell him otherwise or would you let him realize it on his own? That's a great question. Uh, I guess that all depends on like <laughs> what what you think about time travel <laughs> and messing with the time stream. But um, or- on one hand, on one hand, I would love to save myself a world of hurt in multiple relationships just by being like, look everything's going to be fine. You're not going to hurt this person that bad that you should worry about staying with them. And then on the other hand, though, I think I'm actually, not to toot my own horn, a really great partner because of all those things that I went through. Mm -hmm. And so I think everything that I've learned from, uh, whether you call them mistakes or just like trial runs practices for this relationship that is you know my lifetime relationship i guess my question Um, is did you know that you were with your bellamy with those other relationships or was it each time no you're a bellamy you're not the one and you did 
what you had to do. I, I didn't really date like that. I think in, in order to know somebody's a Bellamy, you have to be dating slightly superficially where you know that they're fulfilling a need for now, but it's not really going to be a need for a, a while. Like I've, I've gone on like, like, you know, I've had like small trysts with people, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call them relationships. Right. And you, you, you knew it was like, well, you're just a Bellamy and it, that's why it didn't go farther than the tryst. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. It's like, it's like, um, that's, that's more the, I was living my friends, uh, relationships of my twenties. You're, you were, you, you remind me of a Joey slash Chandler and not much of a Ross ever. <laughs> um, I hope you take that as a compliment. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I think you do. I, well, I, I think I was always looking to be a Ross, mm-hmm. um, which is why, like I was in like six long-term relationships right where it was like oh that was two years oh that was a year and a half oh that was three years right because i'm like i want to make this the one that works yeah but um yeah i don't know and then it worked and then it worked thank god because i'm tired <laughs> i think the greatest advice i ever heard about dating was but that's from a baby <laughs> yeah it's the baby's fault i think the best relationship advice i've ever heard is it should never be this hard yeah mm-hmm because when your relationship that works, it's because it works, and it's it, and it's not about like refining skills necessarily. It's just you're with that person that should be your person, right? And I didn't ever really have one of those relationships where it shouldn't be this hard until the one that was that hard. Mm-hmm. And people said that to me for two years before I like took it hard, right? So and you took it, you took it, you figured Ugh. it out, and we're very Ugh. proud of you. But you know, thank you. I had a one like not really long-term relationship, but like a year long relationship after that, that I ended before it ever got hard. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't going to work long-term. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, in this, in this movie, like, um, even though that like Maya Rudolph and Chris O'Dowd are at each other's throats sometimes. And he's also like six years younger than her or something like that. They also, as we see at the end, have an extremely sweet love with each other. Mm -hmm. And, they love their kids and they love each other and it's it's not something that's broken. Yeah. Like I just don't want John I don't want, I don't you I don't want to ever be caught yelling at my wife the way that he is yelling at her in some of these scenes. I think sure. I think she's actually the one yelling at him far that, more. That too, but he's 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 kind of <laughs> defending himself by yelling back. And so Yes, very much so. But but yeah. it, it's like that more nails on the chalkboard. I'm like, oh my God, go to marriage therapy, please. <laughs> like it should yeah, never get yeah. this bad. Like, I think us West Coasters, um, I don't, I'm not saying like East Coasters are all yelling at each other all the time in their relationships, but I think, um, in some cultures and some, uh, different parts of society, like a, a a good yelling means a little bit less than it would. Right. Like in our relationships. Cause if you and I ever did that with our wives, I would be very worried about our relationship. Yeah. And I guess that's what kind of like, there's like that biological thing where it's like, you're you're kind of worried about these people you're like oh 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 this is really bad and i I don't know if the movie was saying it's really bad between them or it's like ah they're just new yorkers they're just yelling at each other yeah i could have used a little bit of comment on that actually that actually brings me to a point where i would like to rewrite the movie you write your first draft with your heart and you rewrite with your head I think what this movie needed more of was comments 
from like what what I liked was when you had these this trifecta of couples, right? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while we got a certain couple interacting with one couple talking about the third couple. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of doing meta commentary on like, uh, do you really think this is going to work? Or man, it got really crazy in there with that couple. And I think this movie needed more structure behind that. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see a bet going on. Mm. Like if, if I was going to write this movie and I just need to punch it up, I would add a small bet element, which is, you know, a trope that we see in this genre all the time where like the John Hamm, um, Kristen Wiig and the Maya Rudolph, Chris O'Dowd couple had a bet going about how long the relationship would be perfect um, mm-hmm. between Jules and Jason. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have really liked like that to be an ongoing thing where they could they could make mention like they're not yelling at each other. Why aren't they yelling at each other? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is what all of my friends do or something just because it would have it would have lent more credence to how they were acting i guess if like this is just ah this is par for the course and everybody's just kind of par up here and how are they such a perfect couple yeah because there is that one scene where they come over to the house expecting jason and jules to just be in dire straits right with their child and they're like perfect and they've made quiches and pies and they're being so sweet to each other and it's just almost unbelievable but it is actually working yeah and so I could have used some more like fun and games and through fun and games exposition. Yeah. Cause what I was expecting to see, cause I knew that the movie was going to end with the thought process of, cause they're like, Oh, kids ruin relationships or they spoil relationships because it makes life so hard. Romantic relationships. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they kind of make this judgment about their friends because they see them being so miserable in, in their lives because of their deal of having to deal with kids. And I knew that they're going to get <laughs> Theo just knocked on my door. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> my, uh, my baby can't do that, but Oh my gosh, Ryan, she kind of crawled. Oh really? Did you get her doing tummy time? We got her doing tummy time. And I kid you not, she launched herself like six to seven All inches right. forward. And we were like, whoa, 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 kid, not, not time for that. <laughs> Just give go. us a second, please. That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, so I knew that they're going to end with this thought of having the kid as the romantic part. And they totally nailed that. They they showed me that and they told me that because Adam Scott's like, if you missed it, that was the point of this love story is having a kid together was the most romantic thing we could have done. Right. And so I knew they were going to get there, but I thought they were also going to get the secondary mission of we were judging our friends and didn't realize that behind these heated arguments that there was more love and lots of lots of making up because kids can make things stressful, but they do make you bond a lot tighter. And they didn't really they kind of got there with Chris O'Dowd and Maya Rudolph that we see them making it work. <laughs> Not only that, but like they're watching a show in their bedroom with both of their kids between them mm-hmm. and their kids are asleep and they're like, Hey, you want to, you want to like go do it in the bathroom? Yeah. And it's, it's really cute because they're doing it like filmically. It's good because it's amidst. Yeah. Like they're all in one shot. Together. Yeah. And yeah. I, the other thing, like we see families in the restaurant and like, why would you bring your kids to a restaurant? And when Adam Scott is having that conversation with them, and they're like, oh, we're, you know, we're just trying to do our best here. And 
there is a little bit that like pulling back on the judgment where Megan Fox is totally judging these kids, this family with kids, and Adam Scott's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, how old are your kids?" and like really getting to know them. And yeah, he's like, "It's great that you're trying." Yeah, and I, I was totally like Megan Fox when I was in my twenties of like, "Why are kids here? Why are you? Why are you doing this? Why are you bothering?" And now I'm going out with kids, and I'm like, "Wow, I was totally judging people like myself." Like uh-huh. you, 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 kids are kids. They're just going to be like that, and it's really not that bad. Like I think people hear crying babies, like how dare you let your baby cry like that? And it's like sometimes yes, people are being lazy, but other times like they're doing their best. Like back off. Yeah, and that's why I think that first scene where we see them all as snobs is actually important for this movie. Yeah, because like they they can't have the turn otherwise. Yeah. So I got close with that with adam scott he definitely you know grew and Mm -hmm. i i think he out of all the characters had the most character development so that was good i could have just used more sure sure i getcha um well speaking of more i bet you want to give this movie a rom-com musker yeah i really clipped there Uh, i'll have fun editing that (laughs) sound good um uh, um um best best pre-sex scene oh a little bit of that foreplay Oscar. best foreplay sex scene with the scene we talked about where they were trying to make a baby right where there wasn't really any foreplay going on but it was just all that good good awkward conversation because of all that awkward conversation I, I I still think that's a really romantic conversation that they're having. Yeah, very much. I think that's romance, whereas the last scene Did, of the movie didn't feel like romance. Agreed to disagree. <laughs> Did you and Sarah, how long did it take you guys to conceive? Um, We tried for a few months, I think. And then it just happened. So like three months-ish? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of ways. I'm like, how can I verify this? Yeah, I guess three months. <laughs> Let's say three months. Ours was about two, bef- like of total trying before it stuck. Yeah. Did you ever have awkward moments like this where you were just like, okay, not like this, but like where it's like, okay, I'm ovulating. Let's just have sex real quick and then get on with our day because we only have this much time. Um. <laughs> There is definitely like the like logistical thing of like you do have to have sex in a certain way. <laughs> like it, it has to has to end in a certain way for it to be the What way is that, Ryan? <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys all figure that out on your own. But it, it definitely like preordained where it was always heading because you can have romantic nights and sexy nights that don't have to end with like full-on coitus to be like mm-hmm. a really a really spicy night with each other but when you're trying to sure. have a baby it's like the coitus must go in this direction only sure and so it did feel a little bit prescribed you know sure. where it's like has to be like these positions to like for maximum baby making potential these positions are are advised so that felt a little that kind of takes the spice out of it you know where where it where it is kind of like you need to follow these directions. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I, I hear I hear what you're saying for sure. Um, but it was it was nice having sex a lot. Sure. I I don't know if um, for me 
Um, it was definitely nice having sex a lot. Um, there is a, I remember we were trying, gosh, how to do this without being crass. <laughs> we were trying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I remember at one point in time just being extremely exhausted and it, it was, it wasn't a chore by any means. I would never say that, but it was getting to the point where you and your and my sex lives were very different during the course of like the winter months. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I am exhausted and I have to go home and also have sex oh, again today. I remember those days. Remember? Where... And you were like, how dare you, sir? And <laughs> you're like, and I gotta I go like, make a baby. I'm sorry. It's, it was, it was that I really wanted to, it was like the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak and bruised by the, I forgot these by like weeks where you were, three. you were complaining about some exhaustion and I'm like, oh man, life's tough for you that that's why you're exhausted. <laughs> you just had a baby and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm so much more tired than yeah. you. Yeah. And I didn't even get to have fun being, getting tired. Uh, um, but I, I do remember that where it's like, well, that also kind of sucks the spice out of it. It's like. We should do it. There's that that obligation of like. It's like all all we want to do is be romantic and cuddle on the couch, but it's like no, you have but to. Have we sex. really need to, we need to have like some some vigorous love making like, for a I second. I just wanted to watch some Brooklyn Nine Nine, drink some wine. It's like no, go have sex. Ah oh, man. <laughs> that being said, I love having sex with you, Robin. <laughs> I just love it. Um. Uh, speaking of which, my rom-com Oscar is actually going to go to my wife, Robin. Oh! Uh, because she is a much better partner than any of the people in this movie. And yes, I, yes. I, I'll i say, I'm not going to give this movie worst partners, but I'm going to give it kind of best reflection on how great my partner is. Totally. Um, you know how there's those movies where it's like, you're, you're watching this couple and you're like, oh, man, I wish my relationship was more like that. Or you're watching these couples and you're like, man, I'm glad my relationship is the way it is. Or maybe that couple reminds me of how great my relationship totally. is. There was a lot of that middle one in this movie where I was like, I'm so glad that I have the partner. Well, that's what I love about Gilmore Girls. And like even when, well, I don't want to spoil Gilmore Girls, but Luke and Lorelai aren't dating for a lot of the seasons and mm-hmm. still watching them. When Sarah and I are watching it, she likes to like cuddle up to me. She's like, oh, it's like us. And like there's that <laughs> relatability to it. And it's nice seeing sure. that mirror and that reminder. When you see qualities in that fictional character that's in your lover, you're like, ah, oh, thank you for reminding me these things about what I love about them. Yeah. And I think the antithesis is true, which I saw a lot of in this movie where it's not schadenfreude necessarily, but you're like, oh, my my wife would have made the opposite decision right there. And I'm so happy about that. Yeah. And so I guess for me as a rom-com watcher, I don't like that inversion that rom that more cynical because this is a more cynical rom-com. I'm not going to call it a full on cynical movie, but it is more cynical about relationships and I don't, I don't like that inversion of like, aren't you glad that you're not these people? I'm like, I don't need to be reminded that these people exist. I want to be reminded that there's Luke and Lorelai in the world. Yeah, I think we're lucky. We have a really good, healthy relationship with very little yelling in it. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I don't, I don't think there has been yelling. But I do think that there are probably other couples who very much would relate to the Maya Rudolph, Chris O'Dowd story. Yeah. And I, I, and, I and do you think seeing, seeing that ending for them was like yeah you know what we might have our tough times but we really end 
like our days well together a lot of the time. Yeah. And I'd say you competently get there. I wish you could have gotten there with more excellence, but at least you competently got there. So good enough. Fair enough. Well, speaking of seeing characters that you fall in love with, what character did you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. It's hard, it's hard not to say John Hamm. <laughs> John, John Hamm, like at one point in time... Um, he is perfectly cast. Ed, I will say that. He he is. He Edward Burns comes in and he's all like, I'm a Bellamy. I'm super hot. <laughs> and everybody else in the room is like, yeah, Edward Burns is super hot. All the women are like, swoon. Yeah. And it's like, John Hamm's right there, you guys. <laughs> he's so hot. Like, I don't, it's, it's hard seeing John Hamm in a room with anybody else and not being like, that's, that's the hottest man here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know how you guys aren't seeing that, but I think if I'm going to fall in love with someone, he's not the character I'm going to fall in love with. It's going to be Jennifer Westfeld, Mm. uh, Jules. Mm -hmm. She is, she's a little, um, I don't I don't want to say she's not very much of a character because she's she's our main character. But I feel like our two main characters are just defined by their I don't know. Like there's not a lot that's defining their personalities, is there? Right. Whereas when Harry met Sally, Harry is a big lovable grump and Sally is, Mm -hmm. you know, bubbly in spite of herself. And we really just like them off right off the bat. Yeah. And with with. You know, I'm going to change this. I'm going to say Chris Chris O'Dowd. <laughs> he spends a lot of time in the bathroom, which uh, like I would hate because we have one bathroom. Mm-hmm. But I, I do see that there's a lot of love behind his heart, even if he is a layabout lazy person. I'm going to say Chris O'Dowd. OK, OK. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go with. I couldn't find a reason to fall in love with Jennifer Westfeld. She likes her kid mm-hmm. and she seems like a patient, nice friend. But I, I I just can't think of anything personality-wise that is beside that. Right. Can you? I, well, I'm going to go with Jules, Jennifer Westfeld. I, I know you are, but I don't know why. I, I, I did get endeared to her when she takes out Adam Scott for dinner and she confesses her love. I was, I was definitely like moved by it and i saw yeah but that's the performance well, right? yeah but i saw a very warm heart behind this love confession and i wanted to be near that warmth i wanted to yeah you know uh, i think that's why i almost picked her before i went with chris yeah O'Dowd. but <laughs> I, I could tell in that she was very tender-hearted and it's hard to see when you're just seeing them a parent as a parent and you're not alongside the other things that go with it like seeing sarah as a parent I'm not immediately thinking, wow, this is my wonderful wife. I'm seeing this great person be a good mother. But just being a family, it all it all swirls together and mixes together. And it's just one aspect. I liked Sarah's advice last week. Robin and I um, were listening to it in the kitchen together. And Sarah, you asked her like what advice Sarah would give to couples who were having a hard time. 
Um, and she says, just remember to be each other's friend. Yeah. Like work on the friendship. And, um, I, I see that with you guys all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's, you know, super, I don't know why I had to talk about that right (laughs) then, but it, it was, it was just kind of a segue off of falling in love with somebody's warmth and, you know, your family. Yes. And she's a good partner, but you guys are also friends, which is great. And you guys are good friends. And I see already, I've seen you guys be good partners with each other, taking care of Eloin and just, you guys know that like how to be there and catch each other and be like, always asking if the other person needs help and always asking if they're okay and you know if they're taken care of and i i see you guys being we on a, are we on a good path yeah you're you're set i know you're gonna be you're gonna be fine you're gonna have long nights but you have the foundation and this is what's great about relationships you don't have to be together for several years to like be ready to have a kid it's like sometimes you can just have that trust between each other and be ready and it can be immediate yeah. and you guys had that yeah, we're we've been together for three and a half years now. Wow, three and a half years um, before having our kid, and that that felt like the perfect, appropriate amount of time mm-hmm. for us, which was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, Ryan has. Um, do you want to tell him about your job? I quit my job. Hey! <laughs> I quit my. Come join us on the dark side of freelance. I quit my day job, and I'm doing freelance now, doing post-production stuff, which ironically, the gig I got is is kind of semi-regular, that they have lots of shifts for me to take over, so it doesn't feel like I jumped into a freelance gig. It's like a semi-permanent job where it's like, well, I got plenty of work for you to take. I'm like, okay, I'm doing that. So, <laughs> But it's nice that I'm not locked into something and it was yeah. really hard to leave the job that I had for several years because it was cozy and it was always there for me and it was really nice to have during the pandemic and stuff so I'm out there doing doing my thing I just want to say congratulations it feels like stepping off a cliff it does. and uh, I'm I'm really glad that you took yeah it felt I was really anxious for two weeks because I wasn't working but I was <laughs> doing stuff but I hadn't worked yet Ryan for the last like two and a half months has had this kind of like thought about and planned and uh, you weren't fully committed to doing it at a specific time until just recently, but you almost every single time Robin or I would hang out with you. The first thing you would bring up is like, okay, so I'm kind of nervous about doing this whole thing. Um, I've thought about doing this. What do you guys think about this? (laughs) It was really cute. Cause you know, it's, 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 I should have done it years ago when I didn't have a kid and there was less responsibility, but it's like when you have a kid, there's this biological thing where it's like, you have a kid. Like, don't you have a kid. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I think you've been doing great. You, you, Ryan's also been kind of taking over, um, doing editing, uh, until this week I'll be editing this episode. So, um, if you've really liked the, uh, episodes and the way Ryan's edited them, go write a review of how amazing he's done for the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, go to iTunes, go to overcast, go to any of the places where you can write a a review and go Um, to our Patreon too. Where what's over there? Well, there is, there is, there is letters in the form of the Patreon because you did put a post up last week where you asked for mm. movie recommendations for Elowen. And we had some patrons write in, and I'm really glad that they are crowdfunding the movies for... These are movies for Elowen. Yeah, Elowen's education. For her rom-com yeah. education. We've, I'm seeing 50 First Dates. I'm seeing Singing in the Rain, Sleepless in Seattle, Parent Trap, um, About Time. Some good recommendations I'm, in there. 
I really liked the sleepless in Seattle recommendation because I'm feeling that right now, even though it's in Portland, I feel like I am sleepless close to Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also I'm really glad that I've seen about time because I think if I had a child then watched about time after that, I would just be in tears. The oh whole time. yeah. I mean, that's what happened is that I watched about time several years ago. I was like, huh, eh, that was good. And then I watched it again, having a kid, I was like, this is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> really good. Well, it. yeah. Come check us out over there. Um, Sorry, we need to do a movie poll update. Yeah, we do need to do a movie poll update. Do we do that this week? So you have one week left, everybody. Um, you? No, I don't think so. Because next week is our. I we didn't have give to... them a warning last week, so I'm giving them a grace period. Oh, okay. So we'll we'll we're not choosing our movie this week. Okay, what's what what movies are on our poll this week? If they go over to Patreon, yeah. And vote. So this is the last week to vote. It's the October movie poll. We're recording this in October, so it still counts. Uh, it's a it's time for something spooky. spooky. So your options are Warm Bodies, Practical Magic, So I Married an Axe Murderer, and The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> um, and if you go over to Patreon.com slash romcom gents, you can vote right there and tell us what to watch next because week. Because here's the problem, you guys. It's currently a tie. It's tied between Practical Magic and The Devil Wears Prada. We need somebody to we break need it. We need a tiebreaker. Be, be that tiebreaker. We need a tiebreaker. Um, we can also find uh, um, so many, so many different uh, bonus episodes over there. Uh, ones where we do not sound as tired as we do being two dads right now because they're from the past, <laughs> a lot of them. We've we've built them up over months. Uh, uh, hi, um, how, so with the last one we did get was Gilmore Girls Season 1. Are, are you uh-huh. caught up? Did you watch through season two? Yeah, I heard you and Sarah talking about that last week. I, I finished season two like a week I, ago. Well, now. I saw you were sending pictures and it was like there are books around. I'm like, he, if he's reading and not watching shows, because I watched like all of 30 Rock on my first two weeks. I was like, he better have gotten through Gilmore Girls. The part of the problem is with Elowin, maybe, maybe we'll find some equilibrium at some point in time. But um, she isn't the best sleeper and so i i can't just like binge shows while she's next to me all the time like i a lot of it's like me picking her up and making sure she's you know taken care of because i'm giving robin a break or or something but we have watched like a season and a half of doctor who nice and i've watched like nine episodes of gilmore girls so i'm all the way through season two. Oh, you're nine episodes past season the beginning of season three you're like midway through season three no, i'm i'm season three episode oh, six. oh okay yeah. so yeah we just watched season three episode one last night so okay so oh. so the next the next uh patron bonus episode will be gilmore girls season two where we go all in i know that the majority of the discussion will be about jess so much to discuss. I'm so excited. So much to discuss. It's going to be like a three-hour episode. And I'll I'll just I'll just do a teaser now. My feelings have changed about Jess. I am not going to hold it over your head, but because but not for the better and not for the worse, they've just changed. That's that's fine because I just think all I wanted you to recognize from the beginning of everything <laughs> is that Jess has a deeper structure than you get on the first watch. Yeah, that's, yeah, I agree. And and you haven't even gotten to the deepest that he right. has. There's, there's more to because come. Because in season three, there, there's yeah. more to come. But 
we hit a our first stretch goal on Patreon, and the first stretch goal was to get ten patrons. We're up to ten now, and we promised that we would have a theme song for our bonus episodes, and so that is the next right. thing that we are going to do for y'all. <laughs> I think Robin and I can start working on the the music for that, um, and you and I maybe maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, uh, sometime soon, we'll we'll be recording mm-hmm. that. So. <laughs> So thank you. Uh, what's up? What should our next stretch goal be? I don't know, but it, I think it should be. We need another ten um, on-air production meeting. So once we hit twenty, twenty patrons, we will. How about we make our bonus episodes full length because they're they're kind of half length at this point. But if we have twenty patrons, let's make let's make it a ninety-minute episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's 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 get them. Let's, let's get the them full deal. Up. Yeah. Okay. That's so fair. keep I like helping it. us out. Uh, we have babies, and we like feeding them food and clothing them with clothes. So helping out any which way to yeah i mean i've been clothing my baby with blankets so <laughs> but like even even all our blankets have pee on them <laughs> but even a cup of coffee a month makes a huge difference to us we really appreciate it and we really appreciate our current patrons and patrons to be can i say thank you to you and sarah by the way i i we did a small shout out on social media to you guys but you and Sarah have been so absolutely supportive of us having a kid. You've basically been our patrons by helping us make food. You came over and brought us like food our first night home from the hospital and the morning after with coffee and snacks and besides Sarah coming over and helping us out. You guys have been just the best friends. So thank oh, you. Thank you. You've we're been, you've been our We're patrons. happy to help. And I, I have a feeling that we have been jumping into the times where you didn't know beforehand you would need help at certain times but we're like they're going to be tired on the third day <laughs> like we know that that's the day that they're going to need someone to come over yeah and you were mm-hmm. there and thank you <laughs> so since you had the baby this this week this movie was picked by robin because it's one of her is it one of her faves or she just knew that it would be important robin likes jennifer westfelt um and i i think she thought it was a good movie for us to watch since we were friends with yeah, kids. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I think it was. We themed. totally, <laughs> I think, got more into this movie than we would have two years ago. I think we would have been for sure far more like whatever. We didn't even talk about like the like the realness that happened when they all finally sat down to dinner, and then at that exact moment, it was like one of the kids started crying, oh, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, like you just saw that." No, yeah. not now, not when we're all sitting down. Yeah. Like because. That's a real thing. Yeah, that's been Theo's thing ever ever since the beginning. You guys would come over and Sarah would be like, see ya. I got to go hang out with Theo for a while. Yeah, basically we'd get 20 minutes with Sarah and then she'd say, well, I love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs> see you never. So yeah, they did. That That definitely is very accurate. Uh, so next week, it's dealer's choice to Kelly. You We get to pick whatever movie. You're the new dad. It's your special time. Ooh. What do you want to watch? I'm going to our list. Okay. I'm going to go consult. Okay. 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 You know what? I need some fun. Yeah. I I need a lot of fun. And so for that fun, I'm going to tap into the Jason Segel. Well, <gasps> and we're going to watch some forgetting Sarah. Yes! Hey, 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 hey. Wonderful. This is this is great. This has been one of Kelly's top rom-coms for the longest time. It's something I it's always associate with him. Just so filled with joy. Yes. So next week, it's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Don't forget to hit the Patreon and help us do the tiebreaker because we need a tiebreaker. And next week, we'll have a, a November poll after that. 
we'll have to figure out our theme. Yeah. We'll figure out the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, maybe what we can do is we can make it T Hanks giving themed and we can have them. We can have the Patreon uh, patrons pick which Tom Hanks slash Meg Ryan movie we watch. It'll be Joe versus the volcano four times in a row. Cause we're doing <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. God damn it. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the patrons say. Um, but, uh, yeah. And it, people out there, if you could recommend us to a friend, um, I think that's, uh, one of the greatest things that like Ryan and I have done with each other. Ryan got me hooked on triple click, which is something I've been actually listening really? to. Yeah. Over, over the <laughs> long <laughs> sleepless hours. Elwin really likes it. Oh, good. Triple click. Yeah. And, um, it's there's just nothing like being recommended something that is fun and full of joy by a friend mm-hmm. and if we can be that for one of your friends relatives or lovers please feel free to put an earwig in their ear about our podcast yeah because kelly recommended to me the star trek podcast greatest gen and i listen to it sometimes you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> all right love you love, i'll see you later i love you too <clears throat> and this is where we will say oh, goodbye Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. They're not bringing up Baby. Uh, what's the other movie with Baby? Uh, Be My Baby. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Uh, I can hear our baby crying downstairs. Uh. (laughs) I can hear Robin bouncing her. (laughs)